future is now. And welcome to the SVK Crypto Podcast. 15 minutes of crypto value. My name is Charles Story. I'll be your host for the next 15 minutes. We're coming live from the city of London, Shoreditch. So let's kick things off with a high-level market overview. So the last couple of days, we've seen some positive price action within the crypto space. The market cap currently at $134 billion, rising from the pre-weekend levels of $120 billion. Well, what's taken place? What has happened? We had ETH Denver taking place over the course of the weekend, which is an Ethereum event with lots of different projects taking place and a hackathon that was going down there as well. But the point that matters is a lot of the big Ethereum holders were at this event and very present. They had some good publicity out of the event as well. From the back of that, we saw the Ethereum token appreciate in value, which was a catalyst to Bitcoin making a move of almost 5% to the upside, which was a catalyst for the overall market. Now, we haven't seen a huge move in the back of this, but we're starting to see some positive price action happen on the back of the weekend news and the weekend announcements. So this was great. We've seen EOS take a huge run up in the last couple of days, going from around $1.90 to currently printing at $3.84. So a huge move to the upside. So that's great to see. And I think it's great to see as well as a token holder, as someone passionate about the space, some positive price action. Now, do I think that the, the bear market is over? Absolutely not. I think that this is great. This is a small catalyst. I think there's going to be lots of different catalysts in the next coming months that are really going to trigger positive price action. And listen, it's always great to see a market moving to the upside. So with that in mind, let's get on and let's get down to business. Here's what you need to know and here's what's been going down. So let's talk Elon Musk. The founder of Tesla and SpaceX, Elon Musk, is once again making headlines about crypto. He recently went on to the ARK Invest podcast to discuss the future of autonomous driving technologies. Most of the half-hour interview focused on the strategy behind his electric car company, but the topic of, of cryptocurrency eventually popped in in the last four minutes. Musk commented, I think that Bitcoin structure is quite brilliant. There seems like there's some merit to Ethereum as well and some of the other cryptocurrencies that are out there. But I'm not sure if it's a good use of Tesla's resources to get involved in cryptos. We're really just trying to accelerate the advances for sustainable energy. One downside of Bitcoin is, computationally, it's quite intensive on power resources. There has been some kind of constraint on the creation of crypto. It's very energy intensive to create the incremental Bitcoin at this point. It bypasses currency controls, paper money is going away. And crypto is far better way to transfer value than pieces of paper. That's for sure. So that's great news. Elon Musk, a lot of people really listen to him as a thought leader and a technology innovator. And people really care about what he says and what his thoughts are. So him coming out and being publicly very open and matter of fact and, and also appreciative of Bitcoin structure, I think it's a huge positive for the space. So that's great news coming out from Elon Musk himself. In other notable news, we had Shanghai's Fudan University has become the latest academic institution to launch a blockchain research and development center. Founded in 1905, Fudan is one of the most prestigious and selective schools for higher learning in China. The Shanghai Blockchain Engineering Technology Center is tasked with carrying out basic research in the field, developing demo applications in collaboration with the broader industry and training talent to serve Shanghai's economic development. Great news from China, especially Shanghai, 
and also just great news globally for other academic institutes to become more aware and more open with their views on blockchain and how it can enhance our everyday lives. So we're going to talk about something a bit different now. We're going to be talking about Merkel Pollards. So this is kind of a bit of an education thing. I've been reading a lot recently and I've um, been talking to the guys a lot as well. And I think it'll be really great to kind of just feature some educational points on the show as well. So today we're going to be talking about Merkel Pollards and understanding them. So Merkel trees are used in the world of cryptocurrencies as an effective way to prove the existence of a particular value within a large set of values and with minimal storage. This article introduces Merkle trees and shows how repeated proofs against the same tree can be reduced in size significantly by storing multiple levels of branches rather than just the root, known as Merkle pollards. So this is what hash is. A hash function turns a variable size piece of data, in this case an example of a fruit, into a fixed size value, known as a hash. So... Let's talk about this. Hash functions have various features, but the most important ones are that there are even slightly different values results in very different hashes, and that it's mathematically very hard to go from a, the hash back to the value, usually meaning there is no faster method than guessing a value, hashing it, and seeing if it mashes. So the Merkle tree. A Merkle tree is a way of combining multiple values and their hashes to reduce them to a single fixed size value. At the top of the tree are the values known as the leaves. Each leaf is hashed to create a top level branch and adjacent branches are hashed together to create an intermediate branch. Eventually this will result in a single hash known as the Merkel root. So it's just like a tree. So as mentioned previously, even slightly different values will generate very different hashes. This change has subsequently impacted on all levels of the tree and will ultimately give a different root. For example, changing the single value peach to pear results in an altered Merkle tree. So Merkle trees are reproducible given the same values in the same order. A Merkle tree will always have the same hashes for the branch and root. So the Merkle path is simply the set of hashes from value to the Merkle root. So where are these used? Like where are you gonna find Merkle Merkle roots, so or Merkle proofs. So Merkle proofs are commonly used in blockchains to show that a value is in a set without requiring the entire set to be stored on the blockchain. For example, an Ethereum token contract might have a whitelist feature to allow select accounts to purchase tokens. Rather than store every whitelisted account on the blockchain, which would be a prohibitively expensive if there are thousands of accounts on the whitelist. A Merkle tree of the account or accounts can be created and just the root stored on the blockchain itself so the other data wouldn't need to be there. For example, if the root is stored in a smart contract, it becomes easy for the contract to prove an account is on the whitelist. An account supplies the intermediate hashes provided in some off-chain manner of the contract owner to the account holder. And the smart contract hashes the account with the intermediate hashes in order. If the result matches the Merkle root, it knows the account is on the whitelist. So each hash in the proof is the sibling of the hash in the path at the same level in the same tree. This shows graphically that the proof gives the ability to recreate the path for the value, which is why the end result will be on the Merkle root. So 
some benefits using Merkle proofs are as follows. The on-chain storage required is far smaller than if storing values. The full set of values are not exposed by storing them publicly on-chain. And the cost of confirming the presence of a specific value in the set of values by confirming a proof can be lower, faster, and cheaper than checking against the set. So repeated proofs. So in the above example of the whitelist that we went through, an alternative use of the Merkle tree is as part of the probabilistic proofs of knowledge, commonly known as Starks, where each proof increases the likelihood from the, that the creator of the Merkle tree, known as the prover, knows all the values that makes up the tree. In this situation, the prover often guarantees or generates hundreds of proofs against a single Merkle tree, containing tens or hundreds of thousands of values. The Merkle root and proofs are sent together to verify to confirm their validity, which is key. So with that in mind, where does this leave us? Well, that's an interesting point. If we call an extended Merkle root a Merkle pollard, it's defined as the Merkle root plus a number of levels of intermediate branches. The order of a Merkle pollard is the number of branches above the root that form the pollard itself, an order zero. Merkle pollard of a tree is equivalent to the root. An order one Merkle pollard contains one level of intermediate branches. So in situations where there are many repeated proofs against the same Merkle tree, Using a Merkle Pollard decreases both the size of the proof as there are fewer hashes per proof and time taken to verify the proof itself as there are fewer hashes needed to be calculated per verification. The mathematics for calculating the optimal order of a Merkle Pollard is simple. The floor of the base two logarithm of the number of proofs. So one proof equals zero Pollard or the Pollard order would be zero, saving zero, Proofs 2 to 3, Pollard order 1, saving 0 to 3%, so on and so forth. So the savings of using Merkle Pollards can quickly mount up. For example, a test arc proof using Merkle roots of 564 kilobytes was reduced using Merkle Pollards to 346 kilobytes, a reduction of 40%. Reductions were also seen in the time taken to transmit and verify the proof. So this is really important, for, especially for dApps and for any projects using blockchain technology. You don't want to store a lot of data on chain and a Merkle Pollard, a Merkle tree gives you the ability to save cost by putting a percentage of that data on there, but not the full extent of that. This is really interesting. We're seeing lots of projects using and implementing this, but I still believe this is extremely undervalued in the sense that there's a huge education stage that needs to take place with the intricacies of different ways to store data on chain. And this is a problem more and more dApps run into, especially when they expand, build and scale, right? And I think that we're going to be, people are going to be developing this a lot more. I think it's going to become easier to understand and easier to use as well. So that's something really exciting that's coming out. So listen, with that in mind, myself, Shane and the rest of the team have to go and bounce to an event that's taking place in South London tonight. It's going to be a venture style meetup. It's kind of a pitching session. So it's gonna be really interesting. We look forward to bringing you some content on that as well. So I've got to jump, I've got to wrap things up. Thank you so much for your time and attention as always. If you enjoyed today's show, subscribe to the podcast. You know it makes sense. If you haven't already, hit us up on Telegram. Our Telegram channel is SVK Space Crowd. If you type that in, you will find us. 
Follow us on Twitter at SVK underscore crypto. And of course, if you have any questions or queries, feel free to email myself, cstory, C-S-T-O-R-R-Y at svkcrypto.com. That's a wrap and I've got a bounce. <laughs> <laughs>